We're diving deep into Cardinals baseball with World Series champion Brad Thompson on the Redbird Report podcast on 101 ESPN, driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome into a final road trip edition of the Redbird Report. I'm Brad Thompson. I'm your host, and the Cardinals currently are in the middle of a road trip. It's their final road trip of the season. Just spent three days in San Diego where they dropped two of three. Off day today in Milwaukee, a three-game set beginning Tuesday with Zach Thompson on the mound. I don't know about you guys coming into the season. I really thought that this final road trip, these three games against San Diego and the three games against Milwaukee, I thought they were going to mean a lot. Currently, they don't mean a ton for the Cardinals. Really don't mean that much for the Brewers either. The Brewers have already clinched a postseason berth, and their magic number currently to win the Central is one as they've got a six game lead over the Chicago Cubs in the division. The Cardinals currently are 68 and 88. They're 20 games back. They're 14 games back in the wild card and they are going to have their first losing season since 2007 and are going to have their first season where they are in the basement of the NL Central, basement of their division since 1990 as the Pittsburgh Pirates right now have a six-game lead over the Cardinals in the division. And it's no surprise. We all knew that the Cardinals were heading in this direction. They told you that at the trade deadline. They were already playing to this level. But it is disappointing as we're winding things down. And we'll get into the final weekend against the Reds because that's going to be a special one for another reason, the send-off of Adam Wainwright. But it still is just so weird watching for you guys at home, being on the call for me and playing for the guys that are actually out there in uniform in games that truly don't matter at this point from a team standpoint. Now, here is the thing to remember. They do matter from an individual standpoint. I promise you this. Everybody that is putting on a uniform and suiting up right now is taking this seriously. They're taking their at-bats seriously. They're taking their innings seriously. There's a professional pride that goes into playing at this level. I don't think that you can give away at-bats and give away innings and get to this place, get to the big leagues, and certainly stay in the big leagues. And I think that one of the most most shining examples of that currently is watch Paul Goldschmidt when he's out there. Goldie had a couple of balls in San Diego, and I think that he's probably doing this as just a reminder to the team, like, hey, this is what we're supposed to be doing. He had a couple of very routine ground outs that he busted his tail to get to first base. He was out on both of them by a couple of steps, but it's just an example of how things are supposed to be done. And having an example like that, it's important. It's important for some of these young guys that have to realize, like, this is what it's like. And for those young guys, playing hard should not be an issue at this point. you got a bunch of guys that are trying to fight for jobs next year, trying to put themselves on the map. And when you look at a couple of the most pivotal young guys in Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn, they realize how important these reps are for their development and to springboard them into being hopefully players that you really lean on and count on in 2024. So right now, when you're in a season of, boy, there hasn't been a ton of good news for the Cardinals, I think that is the good news 
is the young guys and the progression and the reps that they've been able to put in and some of the highlight real plays that we've seen from those guys. In the one game that the Cardinals did win in San Diego, the extra inning affair, well, it was mainly the young guys that were getting it done for the Cardinals. We saw Jordan Walker make an incredible defensive play. He ended up robbing a home run or at least bringing back a home run of Luis Campusano. Campusano thought it was a bomb. He ended up pimping it a little bit. Jordan Walker reached over the fence, flung it back in, and then threw a rocket to Mason Wynn at second base to apply the tag as Campusano thought that he had a home run. He did not. That was great to see. We've seen some big hits from him. He had an RBI triple in the series. We're seeing him drive the ball the other way. In September, he has been on fire. Jordan Walker is starting to show off that skill set. Now, final game against the Padres yesterday, he did have a couple of gaffes in right field. Didn't see one in the sun. Had another one that I don't think he picked it up well towards the line. Kicked away from him for extra bases. That stuff's going to happen. I don't know if it should, but it made me feel a little bit better that Fernando Tatis Jr. misplayed a couple of balls in right field early as well as the sun was pretty brutal. Fernando also brought back a home run, which was ridiculous. That guy's a pretty good athlete. It makes no sense to me why the Padres are so bad. Uh, But... Neither here nor there. The Padres are going to be on the outside watching the postseason just like the Cardinals are. But Jordan Walker has made such a steady progression throughout the season. And it's we've talked about this on prior podcasts. It's amazing the amount of work that he and Mason win and a lot of these young guys are going through on a day-to-day basis. They're not just showing up, taking BP, and getting into the games. No, they're showing up early they're digging into video they're working in whether it's the outfield for Jordan Walker working in the infield they're working with the entire coaching staff on reading tells of different pitchers and trying to time things and being good base runners all these small details of being a well-rounded big leaguer these guys have not done okay this has not been something that they've focused on Think about it. We're, we're, we're raising a generation of players right now that have crazy skill sets, but I'm not sure these guys know how to play the game of baseball at the highest level yet, and that's what this staff is teaching all of these young guys. Because it's going to be those details. It's going to be that nuance. It's going to be that small tell that you have on a pitcher that allows you to steal a base or the read that you get on an outfielder because you know his arm, you know where he's playing, you read the ball off the bat, and you take that extra base. That's what's going to make some of the biggest differences in the future of these players. The natural skill sets are incredible, and they will continue to grow but it's caring about the little things in the game that truly makes you special. And I reference Goldie again. Watch Goldie on the base pass. Watch his awareness. Watch him look around at all of his outfielders. He knows where everybody is all the time. He's always taking a very aggressive secondary lead because all of these things to him matter. Why do they matter? Well, because they make the team better. He's a team first guy, and I think that the Cardinals are teaching that to the young guys at 21 years old that's going to pay some big-time dividends at the end of it. And Mason Wynn, guys, and this is no disrespect to anybody else that has played the position this year of shortstop for the Cardinals. He's better than everybody. And not by, like, a small margin. Not by, like, well, well, you know, if you look at the metrics, screw the metrics. Throw the metrics out the freaking window. This kid is a freak athlete. He's rangy. He's got a better arm than pretty much everybody in the game, and he knows how to use it. 
it's just so evident when you're watching the games of how much different he makes it look. And Ollie Marmol talked about it after the second game in the Padres series. And he had just a huge smile on his face because, look, Ollie has wanted this guy on the roster for quite some time. He ends up getting called up. And you, you understand when he does and why he does to keep that rookie status for him for next year. But it's a difference-making position, first of all. The Cardinals have a pitching staff that does not miss a ton of bats, as we've talked about ad nauseum throughout the season. So you better have great, lengthy, rangy defenders, and that's exactly what he is. Look, I, I don't think that this is a far cry to say this. I don't think that Adam Wainwright has 200 wins at this point, if not for Mason Wynn. Mason Wynn turned a couple of huge double plays in Baltimore that I don't think that anybody else is turning, and that was win number 199. Who knows what it looks like at this this point. Now we have the good fortune that Adam Wainwright did get his 200th victory in a one nothing ball game where he was vintage Waino again against the Brewers. It was awesome to see, but I really don't think that he's in that spot if not for the defensive help of Mason Wynn. And you might be saying, yeah, but he's hitting 175. Who cares? Who cares right now? Now, for his career, can't have him hitting a buck 75. But look what he's done at every level. And Mason talked about this recently. He talked about the fact that every step along the way, it has been a slow start. And not just like a tiny bit of a slow start. Like, it's been a very, very slow start. And then he takes off. He's a student of the game. He's going to learn. He's learning how guys are attacking him. He's learning what adjustments that he needs to make with his swing. And he's talked about that recently, about different things that he wants to take into the offseason with him. So right now, go out and play great defense. It's a lot like when Yadier Molina came up. Now, certainly a different position. Shortstop, you're expecting a little bit more out of offensively than you used to in the past, and certainly more than you expect out of the catcher's position. But when Yadi came up, Tony La Russa told him, I don't care what you hit. I don't care if you ever get a hit. You go back there, you call a great game, you play great defense, and you command this pitching staff. Well, right now I kind of feel that same way about Mason Wynn. Yeah, I want you to make adjustments, and I want you to continue to work about the hitting. Go play great defense. Go help out this pitching staff, and you will learn at the big league level what these pitchers are trying to do to you. The athleticism, the bat will come around. But right now, this is just valuable experience for the young Mason Wynn at the big league level. Some of the other young guys, too. You look what uh, Richie Palacios has done. Remember, he was just a, a waiver pickup. That was a cash deal with the Guardians. I like what we've seen out of him. I think that Richie could be a guy that's in the mix for a fourth outfield job in spring training, especially when you look at what trades might have uh, might happen this offseason. you got too many outfielders. Again, is there the fear of trading off the wrong one? Probably. I mean, chances are track record uh, would tell you that that might be something that you'd be concerned about. But right now that there's uh, not enough sure things in the outfield. I don't know if that's something where they'll look for maybe a veteran guy that can play the outfield as another bat off the bench. But I thought that Richie has done a good job. You look at Zach Thompson, who we mentioned is going to be on the mound tomorrow against the Brewers. He has gotten some valuable reps. The results have been mixed for him. Last couple of outings have both been five innings, four earned runs. I know that there's more in the tank for Zach Thompson. Just want to see a little bit more consistency out of him. But I'm looking forward to his next start. And I want him to be in the mix in spring training for a job, whether it's the back end of the rotation, could be in the bullpen, or that would be a very valuable piece, although it would suck for Zach. 
to be ready and to be length and to be insurance at AAA. Again, not ideal for him. I want him to fight for a lot more, but organizationally, you need depth. He could provide that. Matthew Libertor, we've seen him pitch out of the bullpen, do so effectively. Had a little bit of a bump in the road in San Diego, and I am uh, okay with that. I am totally okay with that. He's coming in some big spots. He's got the job done. Came into a big spot against the Padres. Ended up giving up a double to Soto. And then Manny Machado hit an absolute laser off of him. Two run shots, two-third of an inning for Matthew Libertor. Can't wait to see how he responds after that one. That's part of that job, too. It's not about just taking the ball and answering the bell two out of three days. It's mentally, hey, when you get beat, because, again, in the bullpen, you don't have that safety net like you do as a starter. You can't go out and give three in the first inning and then you salvage it by going five scoreless after that. It's a mentally taxing job. And I know it's one that Ollie and his staff really did ponder before bringing him into the game. Because you looked at the matchup, and King might have been, on paper, a better decision. King's a guy that's on the ground a little bit more, could have used that there. But these are valuable spots to see how a guy reacts and see if he can get the job done. And if he doesn't, how does he bounce back? And I think that that is going to be a valuable measuring stick. I guarantee you we'll see Matthew Libertor in a big spot against the Brewers on the road and see what he does with that because they really need to find out what they have in this young man. Had a chance now to see seven starts of Drew Rahm. And look, for Rom, it's been a mixed bag. Got to remember that he is still young. When you look at it, though, when you're just watching the stuff, there's nothing overpowering for him. It's, it's kind of tricky. He's dropping down sidearm. He's got that sweeping slider. He can be effective. He is deceptive, and there is some swing and miss in his game. If you're looking at Drew Rom and you're just trying to see, hey, what is his role next year moving forward? And again, for Drew, this is something that he can change. He could change by going out there, maybe shoves in spring training, maybe does something differently in the offseason where it's a different look for him. I look at him right now as depth. I think that he's a guy that you'd probably see in the rotation at AAA. Maybe you see him come in and be a different look out of a bullpen. That could happen for him as well. But it's good to have depth. That is a good thing. And it's good to know what you had in him. When you made a couple of trades, it allowed you to get a little bit more runway for some different guys. That's Thompson. That's Rom. That's Hudson. You have to properly evaluate what you have in-house instead of going into next year and saying, well, well, we think we might have something big here, and then realize maybe we don't have something so big here. But for Rom, it's been incredibly valuable for him to see what this is like at the big league level, how his stuff plays, what adjustments he might be able to make coming into next season. But that really is the like lone good news as you're looking down the stretch here for the Cardinals, at least from a personnel standpoint, is just seeing what these young guys do, seeing how they progress, seeing how they deal with uh, different situations. But right now, when you're looking at the Cardinals lineup and it, you got, with all due respect, you know, you got Baker in there. who had a second home run and monster season at AAA. And you've got Irving Lopez, who made his major league debut, still looking for that first big league hit. Uh, Richie Palacios has been in there every day. Look, you don't have your guys, okay? You don't have Arenado. You don't have Contreras. You don't have O'Neill. You don't have Carlson. You don't have the big league lineup that you thought that you were going to have. So what you do have is room for some of these young guys to go out there and see what 
what this looks like. Brawley Marmol and the staff, I mean, it's you're kind of mixing and matching. You're piecing it together. You're trying to put together as good of a lineup as you can to be competitive, but you also realize that you are what you are at this point. You have what you have, and you have to go to battle with it. Another thing that I think we are all looking forward to, and it's going to be exciting, it's going to be sad, it's going to be emotional, is the three-game set with the Reds over the weekend at home, the final homestand, the final three games of the season, the final three of the career of Adam Wainwright that has spanned two decades with the birds on the bat, came over in a trade with the Atlanta Braves December 13th, 2003, and has been nothing but a great ambassador and one of the best arms to ever pitch for the Cardinals. We talked about he won his 200th game, one of only three Cardinals to ever do that. Bob Gibson, Jesse Haynes, and now Adam Wainwright. It'll be the send-off over the weekend, a farewell tour. He is going to be playing a concert. Apparently he's got three songs. One of them is all about Cardinals, Cardinal fans. He said he's going to be a little concerned to get through that one. He's going to be emotional. I can't wait to see what the send-off looks like for Adam Wainwright. Apparently there's going to be a little bit more clarity, too, as to what that looks like. Will Adam pitch again? You know, how they're going to deploy him. I'm sure there will be some secrets with that, too. But Tuesday, Ollie Marmel is set to talk to the media, I think, about the plan for Adam Wainwright. But as far as pitching goes, and I know that, like, fans, if you are going to go to the ballpark, or even if you're watching at home, you'd love to see 50 on the mound again. Personally, I don't want to see him pitch again. And it's not because I don't love watching Adam pitch. You guys know the love, the reverence that I have for Adam Wainwright. The reason is it cannot get any better than last time out against the Brewers. He goes seven scoreless innings. Bush Stadium is on their feet chanting his name. He gets his 200th victory. He gets to address the crowd on microphone after the game thanking Cardinal Nation. The Brewers, who he has dominated over the years, the entire Brewers team in a very, very classy way stayed out and watched the entire thing after the ball game. It is movie perfect. Like it was Hollywood ending from a pitching standpoint. And that's why personally, I don't want to see Adam pitch again, because even if he pitches well, it's not going to be like that. And if he pitches bad, the last thing that I want to have for him is that feeling of "Mm, ah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. So I think that there will be a great send off for him, whether it's pinch hit, who knows, maybe DHs, he plays the field. Like, I don't know what it looks like for Adam Wainwright over the weekend, but I know it's going to be a very special send off for number 50. And I know that you all have a memory about Adam. It could be the World Series. It could be the NLCS. It could be a complete game. It could be a random time where you met him. You were at one of his charity events. You did something for Big League Impact and he touched your life or he helped somebody that you know. Like Adam Wainwright, his legacy is far expanding what he did on the field. And the work that he does at Big League Impact will continue on. Uh, He will be working in the media. He talked about that as well. He'll be broadcasting the division series for Fox, I believe it is. He's already got a national package for next year. Uh, He's going to be everywhere, and that's great. That is great for Cardinal Nation to keep him around. 
and the send-off is going to be fantastic. So I'm excited for him. I'm excited for his family. I was talking to Adam the other day about just kind of pouring in again and, and being dad. His, his uh, daughters and his young son, Caleb, look, they have, uh, they've been waiting for dad to be home, and he's excited. He's been promising his daughters a dog for like six or seven years. He said, when I'm done, we can get a dog. They don't have a dog yet. And apparently, he was telling me the other day that they think as soon as, like, the final out is done Sunday that they're getting a dog. Like, it's like, okay, this is, this is it. It's dog time. Adam said that there is a plan in place to get them their dog, uh, but it might not be right after the final out. So, look, I'm excited for him and his family, for him to pour back into that side of it. But I cannot wait for this weekend. I know you guys, Cardinal Nation, are going to show out big time to honor number 50. And this season did not go the way Adam wanted it to go. Didn't go the way Ollie wanted it to go. Didn't go the way Mo wanted it to go. But it is going to be a memorable one as we say goodbye to number 50. A couple of emotional years in a row. We got to watch Albert Pujols have an incredible finish, retire as a Cardinal. Yadier Molina, in my opinion, the best defensive catcher ever. We watched him retire after two decades with the Cardinals. So it is a passing of the guard, a changing of the guard, if you will, with Adam Wainwright leaving. But it's going to be a great weekend over at Bush Stadium. Thanks for checking in again to this edition of the Redbird Report on 101 ESPN. Can't wait to wrap it all up after this weekend, after the season. And the hot stove is going to be hot, 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 hot. It better be hot because the Cardinals are going to need some help. It's the Redbird Report. I'm Brad Thompson. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Check out every episode at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app.